Well, welcome back to another Encounter Show with me, Steve Chalmers. We're in for a special treat today as I've got a special guest who is my twin brother, my identical twin brother, Stu. You can say hello, Stu. Hello. It's not just him putting on a slightly different voice. Yeah, you might struggle to tell the difference. You'll have to really pay attention. I guess I'll be the one asking questions and Stu will be the one answering them. And uh, so we've got quite different lives. I went into full-time ministry quite young and Stu went into working for banks and um, he works in HR now, works with people. Um, And uh, yeah, we both grew up in a really amazing Christian home, didn't we? And we we, we were really privileged to get a a good balance of, I don't know, a couple of different denominations, experienced Pentecostal churches, experienced word churches, and at 18, 19, we both left home. Do you want to explain a little bit about your faith journey in that time when, when we both went our separate ways? Yeah, sure. Um, I think I think we, we're pretty normal, you know, middle of the road family in some ways. Um, I would say that our our spiritual background, dad's dad was a Baptist minister and there's kind of that kind of grounding. And then mum's side of the family was much more Pentecostal. Like she, her mother used to go to a church called Zion, where it was all like tambourines and all that kind of stuff and, <laughs> and miracles. And um, in fact, our grandmother was a right evangelist, wasn't she? So um, yeah, so every that's time she came to England on the train, she'd lead someone to the Lord, wouldn't yeah, she? Totally, totally. Yeah, totally, totally. I always think that when she when she died and went to heaven, there must have been thousands of them just lined up to shake her hand, you know, clap her in that she led to the Lord. But um, so yeah, so. We, we went to a probably a non-denominational church actually as we grew up but my mum used to take our mum used to take us to see like all the miracle guys like Benny Hinn and the local um, churches where stuff was kicking off so I think we were exposed to quite a lot prophecy demons angels healing all that kind of stuff and um, yeah I, I remember you know, I remember us when we were about 11 or 12 the uh, Slagles came to the UK and prophesied over us do you remember that yeah 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 yeah. I think the other, the other thing in our faith journey as well is, which was probably quite clever on our parents' part, was they, they got us into the worship teams. Mm. So like, I remember being like 14 and playing bass in the church. And it's not a big church, it's like, you know, 200 people, 150 people, and playing along to something cheesy like come on and celebrate or something like that. Loved it. But yeah, and um, with the claps. But, and then like experiencing the presence of the Holy Spirit and thinking, oh, wait a sec, what's this? Nobody's told me what this is. And it's like, you know, kind of figuring that out as we went along. And I think that that really rooted us as well, being in the worship team, you know. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I, I, I think what I noticed when I when I kind of went the ministry route and, and was around a lot of Christians, you went to uni straight away at 18. And it was really, it was really interesting watching you know, now looking back 20 odd years, 25 years back, looking how you you experienced the kingdom of God as someone in their late teens, early 20s, um, away from home, finding Christian community. Um, and I, I remember listening to you on the phone. I remember once you told me you'd kind of been drifting away from God and God's hand was still on your life. You know, you're like 18, got your first instalment of your student loan, just went and just like went a bit wild like normal students do. Um, tell us what, tell the people at home listening, what, what happened that sort of made you come running back to Jesus in, in repentance? And it was quite supernatural, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, I weren't like a prodigal son or anything crazy. Drug dealing, you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
And um, I remember one time, like, yeah, like I said, we used to get student loan installment. I went and bought a blue guitar. How stupid is that? A blue guitar. I remember being embarrassed to play that. Blue it was ugly. Yeah. And then um, I went out. And I, I don't know. I think I spent hundreds like one week just going out. And then at the end of that week or the week later, midweek, I remember going to this Christian night, club night that my mates had put on. And they were Christian DJs, like a little collective of them. And, um, you know, really good uh, guys. And, and I brought like seven or eight of my halls of residence so these guys weren't christian they're just guys that lived in the halls with me and it was like it wasn't it was the fresher term maybe but it wasn't fresher week and i took them to this club and um we were in the um after we'd been clubbing it must have been like one in the morning or something and come out and i was sober because it was a christian night we weren't drinking nothing and uh i went to the chip shop to get some chips and all the lads i said oh, i'm gonna go and get a kebab or something so or chips or whatever and all the lads waited outside for me outside the chippy. None of them were bothered, you know. So I, I went in and I'm waiting for my chips. And this, this huge guy came over to me, looked me straight in the face. And it, um, he was big, he was like a basketball player or a bouncer. He was wearing a leather jacket and this really tall black guy. And he looked at me and he says, all right, mate, what, what are you doing? And I knew what he meant. He was asking me, what, you know, what are you doing with your life? And I said, oh, I'm, I'm blagging my way through a biology degree. And he looked, or something like that. And he looked me straight in the soul and he goes, slow down yeah take your time it's okay you know uh, sort of thing and i was like what <laughs> and he was basically he he just spoke right into my spirit and said you know, you, you know uh, calm it down mate sort of thing don't don't be wasting all your money and going out every night and, and you know just try and get some focus but I, i'm sure he only said one sentence it was something like yeah you know yeah, chill out mate take take your time with life or something. i can't remember what it was it's was something like that and he basically prophesied over me. And in that moment, I was like, oh, my gosh, either that's an angel or a guy with a word of knowledge or something. Then his chips came like that, even though he'd not ordered. And now he went. And I was a bit gobsmacked by it. And my spirit was really convicted by the Holy Spirit. And I came out and I said to all the lads, there's like six of them outside or whatever. I said, did you just see that huge man? And they're like, what are you on about, Stu? I was like, that guy just came in and just spoke to me and then got his chips and went. And I'm like, no, nobody coming around there, mate. <laughs> and I was like, what? Wow. So, like, so no one saw, not one person no. saw a massive, no, huge no. guy walk in and walk no. out. You were no, the only one who I, saw it. Yeah. Yeah, but, and it just, just, and I was like, I mean, I've told a couple of people that story and they'd be like, oh, it sounds like an angel, mate. I, I, I wouldn't say that, I don't know, but I tell you what, if it wasn't an angel, it was a guy with the knowledge, but it spoke to me, God spoke to me, and I just calmed it down. I just did what he said. Yeah, and, um, I think it's, it's incredible how many Christians actually have stories like that where God has intervened his hand is on their life either an angel or a person will come and and give them a word and you know when it's a word from the Lord because as a Christian you're you're used to that environment you you know the atmosphere changes when someone prophesies over you you feel the anointing of the Holy Spirit in the room and I'm sure when you were in that chip shop you felt that same I'm I'm familiar to this I know what this is like and you know it's a word from the Lord yeah Yeah. totally agree and it's like so, you know, talking about uh, words that change your heart. I remember um, in my, uh, not long after Freshers' Week, when I'd gone to uni, so I was like 18, it would have been like September, October, something like that, the first term. And I was in my halls of residence in the middle of the day, and I, I felt like God just said to me, Stu, there's a hardness in your heart, an arrogance in your heart. There's a Church of England church at the end of the road. Come and meet me there at 6.30 tonight. I'm going to speak with you, and I'm going wow. to um, do, do some work on you and with you. And I was like, wow, okay. And it was like, that's, that's quite a lot for an 18 year old to suddenly hear the oh, Lord always, tell you you're I was, arrogant. I like, yeah, I was like, wow, that's amazing. And half brick in it. I was like, what does that mean? 
So I went up the so I went up at half six that night, it was like a Tuesday night or a Wednesday night or something. Went into this Church of England church that I presume was just like you know, judgmental of me. I thought we were just some dead Anglican church at the end of the road. I didn't really expect much to be happening. Walked in, there was like half a dozen guys in there at the front of the church. I'd walked into the back there at the front praying with each other and they just got back from I found out later they'd just come back from Toronto for the Toronto blessing. So they're all like oh, yeah. just praying. This this is like anyway, 1998, something like that. Yeah, exactly. It? Exactly. Yeah. I'm just some 18-year-old, you know, just randomly well, not randomly, but God spoke to me and I just kind of did as he said, so I didn't really know what else to do because I felt very clear that's what he said. And I didn't even know the church would be open. I walked in and when I walked in, I just felt the conviction of God and started really just started bawling and started crying. So I sat down at the end of the pew. Uh, at the back and one of these guys and his wife came over and I couldn't even see their faces I was crying so much and then wow. <laughs> he goes what's the matter I said oh God told me to come to this church because I'm arrogant and he wants to deal with me <laughs> you know <laughs> and this guy he just laughed he laughed and I go what he goes he goes don't worry mate he goes you can't be that arrogant because you've done what God said you're all right I'm gonna leave you be and God will do what he's gonna do and just they just left me in it and, and I thought that was a really wise thing of him to do you just recognize it's all right you come God's giving you word you know what you're doing you, he'll, he'll minister and he did and I just I just sat there and cried a bit and got convicted and God softened my heart and um how, showed me how gracious me. though of the Holy Spirit you know aged 18 you've moved to a new city you know the conviction of the Holy Spirit says come and meet me at this church and I know that you stayed at that church for the next 10 years and it was yeah. like you, you were obedient, you followed God and he actually led you into an amazing Christian family that saw you through for a decade, really grew you in Christ, really taught you about kingdom, the kingdom of heaven and that's incredible, isn't it really? You know, we, we can sometimes, you know, God's no respecter of your age or who you are or your circumstance. He will speak to your heart and draw you to the right place. And yeah. I think that's quite remarkable as an 18-year-old that you were like, okay, I'll meet you there at 6.30. You went into this strange place. Um, but that was a really cool church. And I, I love some of the the ways that that church ministered um, in Sheffield. And um, yeah, t- tell, tell us about some of the things that happened to you while, while you were at that church as a young Christian. Yeah, um, it, it was. Yeah, it was a good yeah, church. I was just going to say, I feel like, people listening to this some of them might be young christians and some of them might actually be going through some of the process of what you were going through then wanting more of the lord obviously you know you're young you've also you've got work you've got uni you've got a lot of stuff going on but they they yeah. just such a good rhythm there um tell us about some of the things that happened yeah, at that church yeah i mean it was a good church so a church called St Thomas and Sheffield and um it's funny because you know god said to go up to that church i arrogantly thought it was just a dead church I, so my, in my obedience, he made me do something that I thought was going to lead to nothing. But a very fruitful church, very good understanding of the kingdom of God and what the, what the kingship of God means and the covenant of, of God and his promises. In, in that same church, I'll tell you an example of, of the kingdom coming. In that same church, literally in, within metres of where I'd gone and you know, cried at the back, years later, I'd finished uni and I was running um, an alpha. I was part of an alpha group, if you like, running a, a small group in, in the alpha course. And it was the Holy Spirit Day that, um, that you do in the middle of the alpha course, the middle weekend, you do the Holy Spirit Day and you experience the Spirit. And around that time, I was working one of my first jobs in, in a bank and I was doing like data entry, you know, proper temp job, got the mouse, move the mouse up and down, write in the number, move the mouse up and down, click. And um, nobody showed me what hotkeys were, you know, just controlling that. Yeah, yeah. So 
like a so I was just doing that hundreds of times a day, moving my mouse up and down, and I burnt my arm out and got repetitive strain injury, and I couldn't even pick up like you know those they weren't having now because I'm not very eco, but you know the plastic white cups used to get in church, but the water yeah. tea, I, really, I couldn't even lift one of them, and I had no grip and no strength for my right hand, and um, I went to the GP and they said, sorry mate, you've got repetitive strain injury, it'll heal or it won't, but we can't really do anything. There's some ibuprofen gel, if you you know see if that helps. It hardly took the edge off at all. And I went back to work and I said, oh, I've got RSI, I can't do my job. And they gave me this rubbish job where, but, I mean, it was still employment, which is good, but I used to feed envelopes into a big machine that ripped the top off them. And then I took the envelope open and pulled the pulled the sheet out with my good hand sort of thing, the letter out. So that was all going on at that time. And on the Friday night before the Saturday, we were doing like a prayer meeting and, you know, getting ready for the Holy Spirit day the next day. And the minister said, oh, Stu, come, you know, oh, he said, oh, does anyone want prayer for healing? I want to show people how to be prayed for. So I stuck my hand up and said, you can pray for me because, you know, I've got RSI and blah, blah, blah. He said, all right, come up here, Stu. And he prayed for me. He said, oh, um, oh, I can see. And he was explaining as he was going along. He said, oh, I can see Stu's eyes fluttering loads. And he goes, sometimes I see that. And I just think, and I can see it's the Holy Spirit working on them. And I didn't know my eyes did that. We, but we might call that a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 And, and um, so I'm kind of listening to him explaining to the group, but at the same time, kind of really meeting with God. And, and, um, he said, oh, you know, be healed and all this sort of stuff. And he said, do you feel any different? You know, do your arm any better? My arm didn't get healed at that time uh, on, on the Friday night. But I said, my arm's not healed. But I said, I really, I said, just, I'm really kind of generic. But I just massively feel loved by God. I know he's my dad and I love him and he loves me. I said, oh, thanks. And that was that. And he said, thanks to you. And sent me down. And then the next day was the Holy Spirit Day. And um, they had a worship team come up from Holy Trinity Brompton, which was great. And they'd kind of come up. Obviously, that big to do with Alpha, but they'd also come up just to kind of free our team up so that we could be with the guys we're in the group with, sort of thing. And um, in the in the worship time, there, we were praying for the Holy Spirit to come and people and people receive the Holy Spirit. And the worship leader just said, "This, look, I'm just going to play some chords. I can't remember what the tune was. I'm just going to play some chords. And if you can sing in tongues, for those of you who know the Lord, can you just sing in tongues to show these guys what speaking in tongues is and what it is to worship God?" And I thought, well, I guess I can speak in tongues, I can sing. So, all right, God, I'll give it a go, mm-hmm. you know, see what this sounds like sort of thing. And in my spirit, I just started singing. But I was I was singing uh, the prayer of St. Francis of Assisi, you know, um, make me a channel of your peace. And I said, God, yeah. I just want to be a channel of your peace. If I can bless these guys from a hilarious attempt to sing in tongues, whatever, do your thing. And I just give, give this time to you and just started worshipping and singing in tongues. As, I remember I, that day I couldn't even open the door handle. I couldn't even yeah. grip a plastic cup. My, my arm was dead. And in this moment, I was just praying out. And as I just lifted my hands up and started to sing and pray, I just felt the presence of God, like a heavy presence of God come on me. And then it was like a heat started coming on me. And then it was like as if, so I felt this, I didn't see it. I felt as if a fireball started raining down on me from heaven. And I could just feel intense flames just flurrying all over my face like a wind of fire, like a like a um, like a pillar of fire, like from the Bible, just raining down. On me. Wow! And it was totally God's presence, His love. I was totally overwhelmed. I was instantly bawling my eyes out, crying. There was snot everywhere. The crazy thing was, the heat was so much of the manifestation of this of God's presence. I was flicking my fingers and my hands, flapping them around to flick <laughs> the flames off because they're burning my fingertips. So wow. I'm flapping around like some crazy chicken man cry my eyes out snotting everywhere singing on tongues half bald and whatever and I, I heard this guy no a girl who come in um 
who was part of the Alpha group, you know, wasn't saved at that point, I don't think. And she turned to her mate and goes, wow, he looks like he's having fun. <laughs> I was just like, oh, he's like he's enjoying it. I was like, this is crazy. And then the flames and everything just lifted off. And as it lifted, I was totally healed on the spot. Wow. Totally healed. So he- yeah, healing. I was almost trying to come out like that. Healing is 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 such a cool thing when you when you understand that the Holy Spirit gives us a gift of healing, just like it says in one Corinthians twelve. And um, you you really for someone who works in HR, isn't a Christian minister, isn't a pastor, isn't in full time ministry, you've got a normal job, but Christians aren't normal people. We we we've got a supernatural King above all kings, who's King of the Kingdom, the Kingdom of Heaven. And in heaven, there's no pain, there's no sickness, you know, there's no unforgiveness. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I, I love watching people who are just everyday Christians in, the, in their everyday jobs, working, at, working in their jobs, coming home, being with their family, but they see these amazing supernatural gifts. And you've got so many stories of healing. And I think this, this church that you used to go to, was like an incubator for all these young guys going through uni and even when you were a student you used to ring me up and tell me all these stories like oh yeah they used to just send us out like part of your worship service they used to just send you out into the street didn't they like go find someone to pray for and you'd go into mcdonald's or t- tell us a few yeah. of those like uh, stories and testimonies because we did that quite a lot yeah we, we i mean yeah we literally used to go and pray for hundreds of people you know and mm-hmm. um, you know, remember our small group we'd our midweek group, we just go into town and just go into the pubs and clubs and find folk and just say, would you like prayer? We used to say something like this, would you like, do you need a healing miracle? Do you want to hear God's word, for you, a word for God, uh, from God for you? You know, what God thinks? Um, or, do, or, you know, or, or do you want to know the presence of God in your life? And we or, just or sometimes you would get a word. Tell us, tell us about that time you got a word for the kid at McDonald's. Um, yeah, so I remember one time we it was a church worship service and they sent us out and, and we went out in pairs and um, before we went we were praying and I remember one guy said, oh, I feel like we're going to meet somebody whose who's friends died in a, uh, a motorbike crash. You just hear and Jesus say this to you. In your yeah, that's what he said. And, yeah. and so we went to McDonald's and then, you know, bless him, I think he was going around asking everybody he met if they knew anybody who died in a motorbike crash. But I saw, the, I saw this guy said... Um, he was with his and I just said, "Hey, you uh, young kids, come here." And I said, "I said, I, th- I feel like God's telling me that you're you're like a mechanic or something. You've got a friend who's died recently uh, in a motorbike crash." And all these kids just went, "Whoa!" And now I had attention, and I was just able to speak to him in that and just tell him about God's love. And then we just prophesied over over these kids. It was so funny; they were like teenagers. Say, say that again, because it just cut out. You you get this word that someone in McDonald's. They've had a friend die in a motorbike accident, and yeah. walked across, you see this kid. You walk across to him, and you say what to him? I just said, "Hey, uh, you know, I'm a Christian. I believe in Jesus. He speaks to me, and sometimes I hear him. And I feel like he's saying that, um, you know, we had a word that somebody um, knew somebody who, who died in a motorbike crash. And I think you, you, you know, I don't know if you're a mechanic or something. You're into motorbikes, but I think that's you. And he was just like, all his mates just like, wow, you know, totally kicked off. And then, you know. One, I remember that in that group, you know, it's a bunch of teenagers. One kid I spoke a word over, it was so accurate, he ran off. <laughs> mates had to go get him. You know, it was yeah. like, he was so amazed. And um, and that same sort of thing, I remember one time, it, it might have been the same night, there was a news agent up the road from the church and I just went in there with my pal and there was a, like a Rastafarian guy in there. 
and I said, hey, we're just walking around just seeing if people want to, do you need a healing miracle? And he said, yeah, because I've got massive toothache. My, my tooth is in total agony. It's a Sunday night. I don't want to pay the extra for the emergency dentist. And my wife's trying to get me an appointment for tomorrow and I'm just in agony with this toothache. And I said, right, really simply, I said, this is how it works. Jesus is the king. He's the king. He's got a kingdom, you know, and we pray your kingdom come. He's like, yeah. I said, in heaven, there's no sickness. And there's no sickness because there's no death. Jesus defeated death on the cross and there's no sins and there's no consequences of it. And I said, so, you know, um, on the cross, Jesus beat the power of, of, of death. Sickness, if you leave sickness too long, it becomes death. But actually, it's a miniature version of death. So how much easier for God to, to, to defeat sickness? And I said, wow. so what we're going to pray is that he'll, he'll be king of your mouth. That's all we're going to pray. I was going to say, be your name, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus, be king of this guy's mouth. And, you know, Tommy's name. And I said, do you want to pray? He's like, yeah. And I said, right, Jesus, in your name, we say, we declare you king of this guy's mouth. I said, how does it feel? And he was just amazed. Healed on the spot. Totally healed on the spot. This massive wow. toothache. And um, yeah, I mean, he must have seen loads of Christians. He was literally in, in a in the shop around the corner from the church. But yeah, it, there, there is there is power as well. When you talk about healings and you give testimony to what God's done, it stirs faith up in you and you remember like, oh, God did this. And it make, gives you a confidence to go and pray. But also for the unsaved, when you when you tell them these, you know, these stories of what God's done, whether it's yeah. in the Bible or your own, you know, and I, I want to touch on that in a minute. Um, because I want to bring it fast forward to you working as an adult rather than being a student in this church. But before I get to that, tell us what happened. You had like a real word from the Lord, which which I know really transformed you. And it was all to do with zeal. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Tell, tell us what yeah. happened, because I, I think most Christians have a milestone moment, especially when they're I think if you get saved in your teens, I think in your 20s, you know, or a few years after you've been saved, you might get saved when you're 30 and then a few years later or whatever, you might be 40, it might be a few years later. But you have these milestone moments where God teaches you something through speaking specifically to you. And I know this really, this word about zeal really changed you. Tell us what happened in the journey to how that happened. So, so when we were students, like, I mean, we were, yeah, I would laugh at myself now, but, you know, we... We used to give ourselves crazy haircuts all the time, right? We'd grey to yeah. our hair and then we'd get a bit of cardboard and draw a template and just draw a design in it, stick it over our heads and then bleach our hair. I've either bleached the inside or the outside, do you know what I mean? So you, you yeah. carve design. So I remember I wrote Zion in my head once. I remember once I got somebody to put their hand on top of my head and then bleached that. around it. So it was like a black hand on a blonde head. That grew out really badly, by the way. It was like a big claw by the end. <laughs> it didn't look cool at all. But one of them... I went to a, a professional hairdresser and he was this, he was a Christian actually, I didn't find out until late, he was a Christian. And he had a hair, hair, hairdressing shop called, it was a pun, it was some, I think it was Hair by Christmas. The guy working there was brilliant. He was like, he used to wear like all neon colours and looked like, he looked like Glastonbury, right? That's what he yeah. looked like. He looked like a, um, you know, he, I think he used to go to Glastonbury and Greenbelt and like give people free haircuts and dye all their hair crazy metallic colours and stuff. Nice. He was that kind of a dude. And um, real, Did you say he was wearing you know, what would Jesus guy. do, shoelaces or something? Oh, it wouldn't surprise me if I told you that. That's probably exactly what he was doing. He, he was a real funky guy. He was really funny. Like Probably had dreads and like, you know. Um, but he was older. He was like in his 50s or 60s. It was his business. He had another one. Anyway, I had this, this, this design and I'd written the word zeal, you know, in a, a kind of funky way. And it had like 
um, it had fire over the top of it. Or, um, in fact, the way I did it, it was turrets in the end, like a design, like a castle turret. And it said the word Zealand had line under it. It's very specific design. And I said to this hairdresser, There's, uh, this is what I want on my head. I want you to give me a prophetic haircut. God <laughs> told me. I didn't know he was a Christian at the time. I just saw it as uh, this guy, this is the guy I'm going to get to do my hair. And um, I said, I want a prophetic haircut. And he goes, oh, yeah, I'll do that. And he grey tooed my head and he painted this design into my head with peroxide. And then um, he took a photo of it and put it in his shop. Nice. He used to take photos of it, the haircuts he was proud of. He put it in the shop. It was quite funny. And um, the, then that night or the next day, I was the Saturday, the next day I went into church. And when I got into church, there was a lady in the church who was like the church prophet. And it was like, I don't just mean like, oh, she was the prophetic lady in the church. I think that was her job on the, on the ministry team. She was like the prophet. And um, she used to have these crazy accurate words. And during the ministry time, they said, you know, when they say at the end of the church, they'll say, oh, we're at the beginning of the sermon. They go, oh, there's somebody here with a broken leg, somebody here who's, you know, come because I know they need to forgive their dad. You know, really specific. They call them words yeah. of knowledge, but it, the Holy Spirit had told these people. And they said, oh, there's somebody here who's got the word zeal on the back of their head. And um, what it's about is you recognize that you've got a knowledge and a zeal for God in your head, but it needs to go down to your heart and stop being head knowledge and stop being heart knowledge. Mm. And I was like, wow, that's accurate. And then they said, come forward. And they said, where is he? Who is it? And I put my hand up and everyone's like, yeah, well, obviously it's him. Everybody behind me, you can see because it was zeal on the back of my head. And I went up and she had this bit of paper she'd written and drawn before the service. And it was the design exactly. Didn't you say the word zeal? She was the exact design. Yeah, on, on, on the on the bit of paper. It's like on red pen and a little bit of white paper. And she gave it to me and she prayed for me. And I was just like, yeah, absolutely amazing, incredible word. And I, I went back to the, the hairdresser and told him and he was, he was loving it. But, um, oh, but wow. it changed my heart because it was true. It was a true word. It was, yeah. you know, I'd done it as a prophetic act. Um, we, 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 were talking, we were talking about this the other day, how... Um, prophetic words that confirm what God's already told you um, are so powerful and it's important for us to be good stewards of what God is speaking to our hearts whether you write it down or follow out what he's told you to do because then it activates the prophets to be able then to then confirm and it also really encourages like Callum was saying a few weeks ago on the podcast Callum Payton he was saying it really encourages the person delivering the prophecy when they've got it right. And they were like, wow, you know, imagine how that lady felt. She drew it in her sketch pad and then you turn up to church with the design on the back of your head. That must, that must have been amazing. And even the way that would have shifted the atmosphere in the church. And um, totally. know you, you had a really good bunch of guys around you. And I, I would encourage people um, to get around people who are excited for the things of God, excited for the supernatural, open to the gifts of the spirit, you know, get around people who are on fire, you know, iron sharpens iron. You want, you want to get around people who make you sharp. And I remember you telling me about your mates were like, Oh, we're just going to just wait on the Lord, grab some sleeping bags, going to go in the car, just, just go wherever God tells us. Tell, tell us this one last story, what you and your mates did. Um, do you remember? Well, that's that? a good, that's a good, uh, one for prophecy actually yeah I remember uh, I wasn't planning on going these lads they told me they were going to go on a mad one for Jesus right and that sounds so was, 90s doesn't it yeah it was like message tribe style right my mate Tim and Paul and, and, and Paul rang me up and said oh me and Tim are going to get a van we've got a van and we're going to drive wherever God tells us we've got some sleeping bags and we're going to um, we're just going to do what God says do you want to come and I was like yeah go on then I'm not working tonight sort of thing 
So I um I went around the house and like five o'clock on a Saturday night or whatever it was, Friday night probably, and um rocked up, didn't really know what to expect. And and they said, All right, let's pray. You know, just the three of us, and I was sent on my seat bags, all right. And then literally like not long in, that they just praying God will do whatever you want. And one of them goes, Oh, there's a photo on the wall there of New York. I think maybe God's saying we should go to York. And um and then the other lad goes, it's got this thing C4 and I go that sounds like a map reference or something you know one of us said that so there was a, like a map book on the or explosive yeah <laughs> yeah he, he opens up the yeah not the explosive you blow, <laughs> blown up he opens up the the atlas and it was a picture of Great Britain and, and on C4 in the middle was York wow and then the other guy goes I think we should turn on the telly I think God's going to speak to us through the telly so we just picked up the remote turn on the telly and it was the news and, and the news really goes today the Archbishop of York and I was just like wow. who are these two people <laughs> like what is going on here wow and what, so yeah. I take it you went to York what happened <laughs> when you got there so basically we went to York quite late by the time we got there we'd had some bit of adventures on the way like stopping for people who'd broken down and doing like praying for them and giving them like loads of bags of crisps and random stuff like that and then when we got to York it was like, um, well, it was a Friday night. Everyone's coming out the pubs, going clubbing and all that. And we just walked around York and just said, "I, oh, we've come because God told us to come here. So if God told us to come here, it must be doing good stuff. Do you, you know, do you need a healing miracle? Can we tell you about Jesus? Do you want to hear a word from God? And just told dozens of people about God. And people were wow. very open and um, prayed for healing, probably, and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And um, I expect we had prophetic words for folk. But, yeah, we just went and did what God told us. And we stayed there a night in the van. Um, yeah, we must have looked rough the next day for people to even come and talk to us the next day because we did the same thing on the Saturday after sleeping all night in the van and we just went around and told people about wow. God in York. But uh, yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. It is. It's supposed to be an adventure with Jesus, you know. And I know even now in your day job, uh, working with teams of everyday people, you tell them stories of healing. You've prayed. You told me you've you've prayed for people in your team and they've received healing. I think. I think. Yeah even asking you well pray for me as well you know um that's that should be how we live yeah. yeah i think the danger is 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 that we get too complacent or we kind of you know almost like the lost boys we grow up and forget the wonder you know and tell us how how do you think you you do that in your day job how do you bring jesus and the kingdom into your workplace i think i think i think it does help when you're doing the doing you know, so I've seen a lot of healing miracles at work because somebody said, how was your weekend? I said, oh, sweet. Last night in the ministry team, we saw a deaf lady get healed. And I was like, what? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, Jesus heals people. And then yeah. they, and they go, well, I need healing, heal this. And they just stick their arm out on it or whatever it is. And I think part of it is doing the doing and having a story to tell and, and building a faith in community so it overflows into the yeah. workplace. Um it's a lot easier to talk about Jesus when you can lead in with a, oh, this person got healed. And then they're like, what? Totally. And you say, oh, it was Jesus, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I remember one time that um, there was a lady in work and, you know, I was telling some sort of miracle story from the weekend. And um, there's two ladies that sat opposite each other. And one said, oh, I've got a ganglion, which is like a lump in my hand. And just kind of put her hand out and said, can you pray for that? So I just touched it with my finger. Just said, be healed in the name of Jesus. She was healed. She was amazed. It was it, telling you it wasn't a clever prayer <laughs> it was just like mm. be healed in the name of jesus open plan office you know and she got healed and then her mate was like i'd had a really bad fall that weekend at the the football slipped over uh, going up to, to watch the game 
and she crushed all her knee and smashed up her wrist and she couldn't even bend her, her wrist. And I just, you know, touched her on the wrist and on the leg and said, be healed in the name of Jesus. And then I, you know, said, explained about the kingdom of God and God being the king. And, you know, said, right, move your wrist now. And she was amazed. She had no, she couldn't move her wrist. It was totally, you know, swollen locked. up. Mm. She had, yeah, locked and she had like full rotation. She was healed. They were both gobsmacked. And I, and I remember just saying to them, they're like, they were looking at me as if to say, what has just happened? And I said, what's just happened is Jesus is real and he loves you. Mm. And they, you know, I, I found that amazing because I thought, you know, to receive healing miracles like that in the spot, I thought they'd get up and tell all their mates. They just sat down and hardly said anything for two hours. And I remember saying to God, why aren't they telling all their mates and evangelizing for me? You know, they've just told, they've just seen a miracle. And I felt like I've got to say, give them a break. They've literally just found out I'm real. <laughs> yeah. It's blown their mind, you know. And, um, well, yeah. I, think it's, I think it's a good place to, to round up. It would be for you to pray for people listening to be one to be healed and two to receive gifts of healing because you you are a great example of someone who just brings the kingdom into your life brings Jesus into your everyday life and it's it's a total reliance on Jesus isn't it we it's not that we've done this amazing thing or worked for it or anything like that um but there you know as as a pentecostal believer i i love impartation i love praying for people to receive and um, I'd like you to do that. Just pray a really simple prayer for anyone listening who needs healing. Put your hand on whatever needs healed in your body. Still pray for you. And just pray for you to receive the gift of healing as well. Go on, Stu. Pray for that. Mm. Jesus, I thank you that we, we don't have to talk about you like you're not here. And I thank you for your presence right now. God, I thank you that, that you're a good God. And when we pray, we don't have to beg you to be good because you're good <laughs> and you love us. What we, what we do pray is that we we align to your kingdom and that you're the king. And we just say, let your kingdom come right now. For any of you sick, we just we just say we speak the, the goodness of God over your life. And we just say, be healed in the name of Jesus. By his stripes, you're healed. And he's the king. He's the king of kings. And you don't have to you don't have to beg him or convince him to be good to you because his heart is good already. Well, I just pray for a fresh revelation for all of those people listening of God's goodness that you know how much he loves you. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Yeah, and I'd recommend anyone who's, who feels God on them right now to just go and listen to some worship, get in his presence and just thank Jesus for your healing. And uh, thanks, Stu. Um, I'm sure we'll, we'll come back and revisit some of these these Holy Ghost stories that just are here to stir and build up your faith and I hope that encourages anyone listening tonight that um, they really know God's hand on their life and get hungry for the things of Jesus um, rather than the ways of man and um, we'll sign off there and we'll see you next time on the Encounter Show <laughs>